0: Coronavirus. The uh, immediate shock of things has has dissipated somewhat. And now we're starting to settle into new routines. I really believe we have to do that, that we have to assume and plan as if this will last all the way until the summer. So we're going to uh, try something new, we're going to start a new thing both in our Sunday worship and in our Tuesday Bible studies, something that I'm pretty excited about. I was reflecting recently on one of the verses that I used for the daily encouragement video. Some of you know what I'm talking about when I say that. If you don't, you can find each day a two-minute video on our Facebook page uh, where I share an encouraging verse and a few thoughts about it. Uh, So I did one of those verses. The verse was Deuteronomy 31.6. Then I went to make my morning coffee, as most of us do, and I was reflecting on that. I was thinking through it. It says something, this verse, Deuteronomy 31.6, it's something that God says to Joshua when the people of Israel are about to go into the country that will become Israel and fight a bunch of people who are bigger, stronger, better armed. And God says, don't be afraid of them, for I'm with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. That word is abandon you. In other words, God will help them overcome this obstacle. And I started thinking, God's people all through Scripture are always overcoming things by his help. So starting today, we're going to explore together some of those opportunities over a number of weeks. We'll explore together both on Sundays and Tuesdays. looking at overcomers, individuals and events in the story of God's people where they have overcome obstacles and challenges by his help. If you want to put something into the chat window now that you need God's help overcoming, uh, you can feel free to do that. And people of God, uh, pray for those as you see them pop up. Obviously, this idea of overcoming challenges fits with our current situation, our current moment, because we're facing an obstacle right now that I sincerely believe God will help us come through and he'll have something better on the other side. I really believe that, but since we can't just keep talking about virus, virus, virus all the time, we'll use this opportunity to explore how God overcomes or helps us to overcome all sorts of things in our lives. And The first one that we'll look at is the story of Joseph and how God helps us overcome difficult people. Maybe you have someone like that in your life. Maybe you have a family member, or family members, a coworker, someone maybe who was a friend, but isn't anymore, or just isn't a very good friend. That person in your, in your life who seems to always have it out for you, who doesn't give you the respect that you feel you deserve, always seems ready to jump at any opportunity to make your life miserable. Don't put that person in the chat window, but think through that on your own. Maybe you have that in your life. People like Joseph's brothers who mean to do you real harm by their words and their actions. That's the way Joseph's story starts. He has some dreams. It mentions the dreamer in the reading that we read. Joseph had some dreams that seem to indicate he's better than his brothers. On top of that, dad already favors him, and they don't really like that very much, so they, they first plan to kill him, as we read about, but their compromise option, I guess, is to sell him into slavery. That's the way Joseph's story starts, but the story doesn't end there not by a long shot. It ends with some relatively famous words. Maybe you've heard them before. These words, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. Now the word meant is a little misleading here. This is an English translation of a Hebrew word that carries Uh, Several different ideas in it, all wrapped to one, several different meanings. Sometimes when when we think about a thing being meant a certain way, uh, we think of intention or purposefulness, which would suggest God did this to Joseph. It's so important to me that you understand in this moment, so important to understand that God doesn't do suffering to us. He doesn't inflict punishment. That doesn't line up with the way God says He is, with the way that He reveals Himself to us in His Word. It doesn't match up with the big picture of how God shows Himself to us, of who He says that He is. And that's loving, kind working for your good, so loving, in fact, that all the punishment that was due to fall on us fell to Jesus on the cross, specifically so he wouldn't have to punish you. God doesn't do punishment to us. A better way to read this, a a more helpful translation of that word meant, might be something like, you devised this for evil against me, but God devised a way to make it for my good. That is, in all situations, God is devising ways to bring about your good in the destruction and the loss and the isolation and fear of coronavirus and in the wickedness of other people and all their scheming and planning all their attempts to do you harm. God, who is bigger and stronger than all that, knows exactly how to bring good out of it. The intentions of others against you have no power over you. Only one person's opinion about you, only one person's intentions for you make any difference. That's the opinion, the intentions of the one who created you. The one who loved you from before you took your first breath and hasn't stopped loving you for even one second since then. The one whose opinion of you will never be swayed, whose care for you will never be shaken, who loves you so much that he gave his own son to suffer in your place, to die in your place, because that's how badly he wanted you in his family forever. That's God your heavenly father. God can and will do whatever he wants in any situation, and what he wants for you is your good. What he wants is your good. Paul reminds us in Romans chapter 8, all things work for good for those who love him. Others may hate you, talk badly about you, gossip against you, Try all kinds of evil towards you, but you can overcome all of that. You will overcome all of that in the same way that Joseph did because out of all their evil, God knows exactly how to bring good for you. You can and you will overcome by God's help. You will overcome, but maybe, maybe you're sitting there in your home this morning and you're thinking, I haven't overcome these broken relationships, these hurtful things people try to do against me, or any other thing, whatever it is on your heart. Maybe you're thinking, I've been at it a long time. I've tried lots of things, and I haven't been able to get past it. Let me say I'm sorry for you. I know firsthand the pain of that. There are, there are things in my life that fall into that category too so I know how it hurts I know it hurts but there's encouragement for you here I still believe God can make good from the struggle that you're in and I still believe that he will so let's take a look let's take a look at this story of Joseph for some encouragement especially in those things that don't feel like you'll ever be able to overcome them. The first thing to know about Joseph's story is that he did overcome the hatred, the evil of his brothers, but it took a long time. The story of Joseph, if we look in the book of Genesis, is about 15 chapters long, and it spans decades of time. It took Joseph years decades even, to fully overcome the hatred of his brothers. Took years and decades for those relationships to heal. So if you're waiting right now for something to be overcome, don't give up. Don't be discouraged. God is not done with you yet. He's not finished working in your situation yet. Even if it takes a long time to see it, he's not done yet. In addition to a lot of time, it took Joseph going through many unbelievable hardships to get to that point of overcoming. Not only was he sold into slavery as we read about, but he was falsely accused. Uh, He was thrown in jail. He languished in prison for years before anything went right for him. So again, the hatred, the wickedness of other people, it might cause you significant hurdles. It might do serious damage to you, and maybe it already has. But even through all of that, God can still work. Stand strong. Now, as we as we finish up, there are two more things that Joseph went through in arriving at this point of overcoming. And these two, I have to be honest with you, They might be even harder than the first two. A long time and and many hardships, that's tough enough. But beyond that, it took Joseph being at peace in the situation he was in. If you want to empty other people's intentions toward you of all their power, find peace in the situation you're in and watch their hold on you disappear like a pop balloon. How do you do that? What does it look like to find peace in the situation that you're in? Let's look at another episode from Joseph's life to shed some light on that. In chapter 41, after Joseph is able to interpret Pharaoh's dreams, he's released from prison, he's made second in command of Egypt. Pharaoh gives him a wife uh, for his own gives him the wife of a priest, and together they have two sons. And here's what it says, starting with verse 50 of chapter 41. Before the first year of the famine years, the two sons were born to Joseph and his wife, and his wife Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, the priest of On. Joseph named his older son Manasseh, for he said, God has Made me, God has made me forget all my troubles and everyone in my father's family. Joseph named his second son, Ephraim, for he said, God has made me fruitful in this land of my grief. God has made me forget my troubles because he's made me fruitful in this new place. Now, look, I don't think any of that means that Joseph didn't remember anymore his family or what they did to him like he had some sort of brainwash. I read it more like this. Those things that they did against me have no more hold. They have no more impact. They don't weigh me down or make my blood pressure rise anymore because God is doing a new thing, new freedom, new position, new family. So Joseph is able to make peace in his situation, even in this land of grief. He's able to make peace. How? By looking, as we see, by looking for the joys. The joys in that situation. By looking for the little things God has done, even as some big problems remain. The more that you are able to find joy in the midst of your struggle, those little gifts that God gives you, the more you'll be able to be at peace. And those bad intentions of someone else won't have any hold on you anymore. Last point. Last point in in how we overcome the people who hurt us. Look with me at how Joseph's story ends. I apologize for not changing the, the slide, that past one. I'll do better. Look with me at how Joseph's story ends. After their father Jacob dies, Joseph's brothers get nervous. Uh, They've come to live in Egypt where Joseph is in charge and the brothers say to themselves, surely he was only being lenient toward us for our father's benefit. Now that dad's gone, uh, we're goners too. Surely he's going to take his revenge. But here's what Joseph says to them. Joseph said to them, Do not fear, for I am not in the place of God. In other words, Joseph declines to exact revenge, even though he could have. He was more powerful than them. He was second in command. Also, he doesn't take revenge on them, even though, here's a really important point, even though he was right. The dreams that he was having the ones that caused those brothers to sell him into slavery and throw him in a pit all those years ago, the dreams were about him, who Joseph, who was almost the youngest son, ruling over all those other sons. And they didn't didn't like it, but now look, that's exactly what was happening. Joseph was right all along, and yet he declines to take revenge. So the lesson here is to finally overcome the people who hurt you. Making peace with the situation by looking for joy, that that gets you part of the way. But to really get out from under it, to really empty all that power that it has over you, that takes forgiveness. Even when you don't have to, even when maybe you're in a a stronger position, or you don't need that person. And even when you were right all all along, I heard it said once by someone that I really respect. They said to me, forgiveness means making room for God's grace to work. For God's grace to work for me but also for that other person, the one who hurt me. Forgiveness is making room for God's grace to work. And that's why even even though this last part is going to be really hard, that's why you can do it. You can. Because when you forgive them, when you let go of that hurt and the pain and the thing that they did against you, that isn't the end of the story. You're not giving up. That's important to know. That doesn't make you weak. You're not giving up, and the story isn't over. You're just making room for God to be working, and God will be there working. It might take a long time, as we talked about, There will probably be some some pain along the way, but keep on looking for those good things. Keep on looking for that joy, because God will still be working all through the way, making good from it for you, just as he promised. You can overcome by his help. In Jesus' name, amen.